All right, guys, back here on Southeast 14 with Max Barr. We are talking about our SEC basketball games from December the 5th, Tuesday night. Uh, there were four games set there, and uh, don't worry, I'll save my net comments for later, Max. Um, okay. you know, Chris isn't on here to, to hear those uh, for this one, but I'm curious to see what kind of movement there was in the net, um, which I know you know there was a little movement in the net for uh, certain teams, but – Let's talk about these, then we'll get into kind of a quick preview for the Wednesday night games, three of those on tap uh, here in just a bit. But Tennessee 87, George Mason 66, uh, the Vols. Finally, Max, it's like finally they have a team that is fully intact and uh, it leads to an 87-66 win here. Is this our first reaction video where we don't have to talk about a loss? I think it might be. Probably. Yeah, probably. probably so, what yeah. a night for the SEC. A little sweep there. Um, yeah, Tennessee looked full strength. That's the that's the thing. Me and Blake were texting each other during the game. We we're like, oh, they're back. I mean, I know it's George Mason, not the best competition, but they just they looked good. They looked good. Um, and hey, I've been dogging on Zakai Ziegler. I've been dogging on him. He had a great game. Six six assists. Uh, one turnover. It was the first positive plus-minus game for Ziegler in the past seven games. Looked good. Maybe he's turning the corner a little bit. Um, and Adu, Adu makes two threes. I wanted to bring this up during that Kansas game. During that Kansas game, Adu usually makes a mid-range or two. He's got a nice jumper. During that Kansas game, he was like 0 for three, 0 for four on mid-range jumpers. And every time he shot one and missed one, I was like, oh, he can hit that. So good. <laughs> Good to see, good to see Adu playing well, um, and then Awaka, highest O rating in a single game for any Tennessee player this year. So his presence can't be understated. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, it was George Mason, but I like what I'm seeing with Tennessee, Blake. Well, look, we said when they have everybody, it feels like they're they're nine deep, and they are you know nine deep in terms of like guys who can all play 15 plus minutes. Yep. Now, you know, DeLeon comes back, only plays eight minutes in this game. Milwaukee played 11. Meshack played 14. But I think that's the luxury of the rotation is – and, you know, it was a blowout too. Let's keep that in mind. They're up 25 yep. or 26, I think, with like eight minutes, seven minutes to go. So, you know, you're, you're rotating guys in and out a bit more. But the fact is they've got that many guys that can probably play 15 or more minutes. Um, you know, Ganey plays 20 off the bench. And then, of course, you've got your, your starting five, which – when you just again look at the full strength team here, Vescovy, Ziegler, Adu, James, Connect as your starting five, Ganey, Meshack, Waka, Dillion coming off the bench. And I know, you know, Estrella plays a few minutes here, there, and all that. But I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And that's why I think we were so high on Tennessee coming into the season and why we still continue to say, yes, we know they have three losses. We know it was ugly at North Carolina, but at full strength, I still think they're the best team in the league. Um, just with that. Now, of course, Kentucky, I think, has a, a really good case to, to say that, too. Uh, so does A&M, in my opinion. But, yeah, like I think that's what we're seeing with Tennessee is when you finally get everybody on the floor, this is what you get. <laughs> and I know it's George Mason. And, hey, we're going to talk about a setup, and we're going to preview this game individually uh, later in the week. That Illinois game on Saturday, that is a huge game now with, you know, the Illini coming in, having just beaten FAU. So very fun setup if Tennessee is once again at full strength on Saturday. They got to win a big game. They got to win a big game. And, hey, it's it's set up. It's set up. They get a little bit of momentum rolling. But, I mean, Illinois is going to be coming in, guns blazing. Tell you that much. 
uh, SEC fans, if you're not familiar with Illinois, um, every starter is six six or taller. They 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 got length. Um, it's a good coach team. Terrence Shannon Jr. All American. They're a nasty team. They're nasty. It's not going to be an easy game, but I'm excited for it. Tennessee's got a big opportunity coming up. They do. And uh, moving on to the Florida Gators, who get a 77-57 win over Merrimack. Um, not gonna not gonna disclose what I I said to Max <laughs> in the first half of this game via text message, uh, but. Florida wins by 20. There's, there's the bigger story. Um, they came out. They did what you wanted to see them do right off the bat, like in the, the second half. And that was what you wanted to see because, again, the first half was very disappointing. Um, they didn't play great at all. They what, were down down 10 with like eight minutes to go, but they only had like 10, 11 points, something like that. And it was just – it was ugly. Uh, but finally, you know, they turned it on um, and really, again, just kind of kicked it into another gear, which – you know, we've seen other teams have slow games, slow starts like that. So at least they did kind of kick it into full gear. And Walter Clayton, a guy who was, um, you know, at the center of one of the text messages we exchanged in that first half uh, with the Gators, winds up with 26, uh, really, you know, able to kind of, it's a tale of two halves for him when you kind of look at how he played. Uh, didn't have a single turnover, I think, in the second half. Max, I'm pretty sure. I think all four of those were in the first half. Yep. So, yeah, so so big there on that. You know, Han Logden did return, only played four minutes. Um, but still, I know it wasn't pretty in the first half. I saw a lot of a lot of Florida fans chiming in in the first half, and they were, I think, ready to give Todd Golden the boot. But uh, they come back, win this game by twenty. All is well again in Gainesville. Almost covered. Almost covered the twenty-one yeah. spread. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh! If you didn't, if you weren't paying enough attention with this game, and and he didn't really know what was going on, you'd be like, "Wow, Florida, right on par." Um, yeah, tale of two halves is how, is how it break down this game. Um, they looked, they just looked completely out of sorts in the first half. Just could not get anything going. There was the ball movement was not popping around. There was, uh, I mean, Kugel was not very aggressive this game at all. Um, I'm not. I, I don't want to try to take too much of an overreaction here because. I mean, Han Lokton only four four minutes, and actually Zion Poland twenty seven minutes. He was reported um, before the game. He's coming off the bench, dealing with a shoulder shoulder injury that he picked up last game. So kind of surprised he played a twenty seven almost thirty minute game. Um, this team just has not put together a full forty minutes of basketball yet. Like they show flashes where they you know they'll they'll get a few stops, get out running in transition, and I'm like, oh, here come the guards. The, the Florida guards are inevitable, and then they just turn it over and then they let up a few buckets and it's like this team this team is just not putting it all together for a full 40 minutes one thing i will say though and is why i like florida moving forward is some teams well say a lot of teams right now across the country are still figuring out their lineup still figuring out their rotation and their roles i don't really get the feel with that with with this florida team i, I it's a seven-man rotation i think denzel aberdeen is, is kind of falling Falling back uh, out of the rotation, you got your starting five. You got Condon and Haw. Han Lokton's going to get healthy, and like it's like that's the team. You got your team. Um, so I think this this team's only going to get better as they start to get healthy and Han Lokton gets back into the mix. Um, but yeah, you got your rotation. You got your roles. This, this is up to Golden now. This is Todd Golden's team. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I think just to kind of see. You know, and look, I mean, they've, I think they've won four games this season where Riley Google scored 10 points or less. Three of those, he scored five points 
each in. Um, so like you're, yeah. So like you're still able to win, uh, with that. So that, that certainly helps out a bit, uh, there to be able to, again, have other options. And that's where Clayton stepping up is huge for them on that. All right, before we get to the next game, uh, I apologize to our, our bet online friends. I know I, I should have gotten to this earlier. We're going to blame Chris for this. Chris should have been on here to do the bet on bet online ad read, but I just forgot to do it. So let's talk about our friends at bet online with the holiday season off and rolling uh, NFL in full stride, NBA, NHL hitting midseason form as well. Bet online, of course, as we tell you, the number one destination for all your sports wagering info. Up to the minute, sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet online, the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. Not just the big four, folks. Um, available at your fingertips, desktop, mobile. You've got access to pretty much almost any sport that is played. MMA, international soccer, it's all there. Uh, so head to betonline.ag today. Remember to use that promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's talk about Georgia and Georgia Tech. This was the premier game of the evening, uh, and Georgia gets a 14-point win over Georgia Tech. We talked about kind of an important spot here, it felt like, for Georgia. Great opportunity against the Georgia Tech team that had just beaten Mississippi State. They had just beaten Duke. And yet, Georgia able to take care of business here. Uh, they've now won four in a row. You know, in the middle of that, we know it was that wild comeback at Florida State. And now the Bulldogs got some momentum. And I think I brought it up yesterday. Like, they have a really good chance to be 10-3 and three heading into SEC play. They've got High Point, Mount St. Mary's, North Florida, and Alabama A&M left. All those at home as well. Um, so I thought, Max, this was a, this was pretty important for, for the Bulldogs. They led the entire game. Georgia Tech never had a lead in this one. Um, you know, even the scoreline a little bit deceiving because Georgia was up, I think, 23, 24, maybe at one point in this game. Uh, just took it to the Yellow Jackets here in the rivalry matchup. And, um, I mean, look, I what else do you say, right? Like, this is what you want to see from, from Georgia as a program continue to take a step forward. And I thought this was, I mean, you could probably take your pick. I mean, they've beaten Wake Forest, Florida State, Georgia Tech, so they kind of own the ACC right now, except for Miami. Um, but this was a significant win, I think, for the dogs. Oh, yeah, definitely a significant win because this was the the biggest test on the rest of their non-con. They can go into they can go into January here on a bit on a bit of a run. Can Georgia? Um, a lot of momentum building with this program right now, um, and I think it starts with Noah Thomason. He he got game MVP, um, twenty seven minutes, zero turnovers, and then his his partner, his backcourt partner, Silas Demery. 26 minutes, zero turnovers. It was a clean game. Just a, it was a, it was a well played game by Georgia. Not a lot of fouls. Defended without fouling, and it was just a perfect storm for Georgia here. Georgia Tech coming off of the huge weekend. You beat two ranked teams. Uh, beat Duke on Saturday, and then quick turnaround. Let's go down to Athens into hostile territory, and Georgia makes double digit threes for the second time this season, and it kind of just. Just all piles on to Georgia Tech real quick, and this game was this game was never close. Um, I don't want to take anything away from either team, but this is a game that Georgia would not have crushed Georgia Tech in years past. You know what I mean? This was a thumping. Uh, Russell Chewa controlled the boards, nine rebounds. I like to see that without Jalen Deloach uh, in the game. I will say this though: uh, R.J. Sunahara was dressed up. It was one of his first first times this season getting dressed up. Mike White has not been very vocal about his return date or something. We might be getting R.J. Sunahara back soon also. So, yeah, I mean, hey, 
what can you say about Georgia? They're looking, they're they're looking good. They're doing what they got to do right now and winning games. Yep, built some momentum here for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, sitting at six and three again, felt like they had their opportunities against Providence, didn't win that one. Um, yeah, a little bit different against Miami and Oregon. Those games were a little out of hand at, at certain points, even though they wound up being 11 point losses. But yeah, um, so Georgia building some momentum here, heading into what I think, again, is a very <laughs> winnable uh, rest of the non conference schedule over the next two weeks. So we'll see if the Bulldogs can get the double digits uh, win total by the time that January 6th opener against Missouri. Uh, is on tap. So, all right, the next one. I told you guys, I told you. I said, Missouri, or Ole Miss, they're going to play this game. It's going to be close. Like, it's just the way it works. Like, every game they played minus one has been, what did I say, 11 points or less in terms of the, the decided total on those um, or the outcome. And once again, they beat Mount St. Mary 77-68. <laughs> and so, hey, that's fine. You'll take a win, right? Um and look, this was another one where I think Ole Miss was up, you know, pretty, pretty good. I think they were 15, 17, five, six minutes to go, somewhere in there. Uh, so, yeah, Ole Miss gets another one. They're 8-0 now. I mean, it's just we should have we should have stayed with our initial thoughts on Ole Miss back in the summer. Max and I, I think we were like, hey, we're going to put Ole Miss at three. And everybody's like, are yeah, you guys are you guys nuts? Um, we, we end up backing off of that. We should have just stayed with it because right now, you could absolutely justify putting Ole Miss there. They're eight no. Uh they're only eight no team in the SEC right now. So yeah, they, they get a victory here. Um Murray, 26 points, Morrell, 24 points, Flanagan with 10, uh Caldwell with nine off the bench. So kind of your main six guys uh doing the bulk of the work here. But um Cisse gets nine minutes. I thought that was, you know, you get to see him on the floor. So yeah, this Ole Miss team, it ain't always pretty, Max, but doesn't matter. They just keep winning. Hey, I didn't completely back off of Ole Miss. I had them sixth in my preseason. I still had them top half. Um, just a few quick takeaways from the game. Um, TJ Caldwell, is, is he's kind of playing starter minutes off the bench. He's going to get around 25 minutes a game. Um, and he's got a nice shot. He does. He, he shot 40% last year, and, and he's been – I think he's like 0 for 4 in the last two games or something like that. So they would like a little bit more perimeter shooting off the bench. I'm a little bit surprised Cissé didn't get double-digit minutes. I I don't know what his game shape is in right now and, and you know, how long he can play. But, I mean, this is going to – I feel like he's going to be the starter over over Jamarian Sharp here shortly. Um, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, I've been joking with my roommates uh, – because they, they don't hear the end of SEC basketball from me. But I've been joking. I said, don't, it don't matter who Ole Miss plays. I'm going to make it a close game. And that's just kind of how it's been so far. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they were up by a lot. Jalen Murray had another really good game. Six assists, only one turnover, 26 points. He, he's playing better than I thought he was going to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Ole Miss just they keep on winning. They got a tough one, though, on Sunday uh, at UCF. Uh, and I think they're projected yeah. to lose that. They might be an underdog in that one. So big one, big one upcoming here for Ole Miss riding a little bit of, a little bit of momentum. Yeah, I mean, but I'm gonna say it. They win that one, folks. Look out because I mean, they they got Cal, Troy, Southern Miss, and Brian after that. I know I'll Brian out the with with a sign. Rank Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, you might have to at that point. So <laughs> in their first SEC game at Tennessee. So, very interesting to see where the Rebels are uh, here in a couple of weeks. But an 8-0 start, still unbeaten 
of the Rebels who might keep moving moving up our power rankings next week. All right, we're going to quickly just kind of preview the Wednesday night slate. Uh, again, to me, there's one game that's kind of the, the featured attraction here, and we'll get to it in a second. We'll quickly just talk about the other two games. Uh, Max, San Francisco on the road to play Vanderbilt. We talked about Vanderbilt, um, you know, just a team that, like many others, has not had their full um, assortment of talent together all at the same time, it seems like. Uh, still don't know if that'll be the case tonight, but at least, you know, you got Manion and Lawrence back playing together, and that's usually a recipe for success. So interesting stretch coming up for the Commodores, San Francisco tonight, Texas Tech on Saturday, Western Carolina, then at Memphis. Um, you know, that's kind of your lead into SEC play. So, yeah, this should be an interesting one. I, you know, I assume the Commodores are an underdog in this game. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, I believe Vanderbilt is a two and a half point underdog, so about a possession underdog. Um I don't know too much about San Francisco. I've not watched a full game of them yet. They defend. That's all but I know is I was gonna they're, say they're that. gonna defend. And they're gonna defend. Yeah. <laughs> And they're going to keep defending, and they don't play very fast on offense. No. Um, Stack said that he's a little bit worried about the rim protection. Well, San Francisco is top 50 in the country right now in a two-point percentage. So if San Francisco starts starts this game out with grinding out a few defensive stops and gets to the rim and it's like 6 nothing, this thing could get out of hand quick. But you do have Mannion and Lawrence, and you're always in it if you got those two guys. So – um, this is a test. All right. This is going to be a test. I don't know if Vanderbilt fans think they're an underdog in this one, but, but Vanny's an underdog and this is going to be, a, if they win this game, it's going to be a great win. So big test here for Vanny. Yeah, they got to defend better too, which yeah. is no surprise. Everyone said that. Um, yep. All right. We'll just talk about this one and then we'll get to the, the featured game. Texas A&M hosts DePaul. Uh, we've already seen DePaul against SEC competition. They lost that game to South Carolina. Um, and they haven't won a game since then. If you want to tie into what we just talked about with San Francisco, um, they lost 70 to 54 to San Francisco. So again, Vanderbilt, I would not take uh, that team lightly because uh, again, I think that's a, that's a pretty good team coming into Nashville, but um, yeah. So DePaul one win on the season, they beat in South Dakota. They've lost all their other games. Um, you know, gotten blown out on a couple of those a and meanwhile, Max, uh, you know, a couple losses, but no bad losses. We, we talked about the power rankings. They've lost to FAU. They lost to Virginia. The biggest question, as we said, is sort of just the the state of Tyrese Radford. Um, you know, when do they get him back? Uh, not a lot out there right now. Trying to see exactly, you know, when. Again, we don't have a lot of details on it. So um, until that happens, you know, I think it's still, you know, you're talking about an A&M team that's not at full strength. And so this should be a win, but I think the bigger story is, you know, how things unfold after that, because then they have the two big games against Memphis at home, and then they got the game against Houston uh, on December 16th. Yeah, I think uh, I think Texas A&M should win pretty handily here. A few, just two reasons why. Uh, DePaul's very thin. I think they only play seven guys. They'll maybe go eight, maybe. Um, and Wade Taylor, if he starts racking up some foul trouble, um, this thing could get out of hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking night and day. I'm looking under rocks. I'm looking everywhere for Tyrese Radford news, and I can't find it. So trust me, guys, once I find the news, you'll have the news too. Um, but another little interesting thing about DePaul is their leading, uh, leading guy in minutes, 
Chico Carter, South Carolina, last year. Yep. So a little SEC reunion there. Um, but, yeah, I think Texas A&M should really uh, – they should, they should win pretty handily here. All right, speaking of the game, Cox, uh, the featured game, which, like I said, you know, whatever we, we talked in one of the videos, hard to believe this is such a huge game, uh, but it is. South Carolina at Clemson. Um, this is a big one for both teams. Clemson undefeated. South Carolina undefeated. Uh, wild, because it's not like they've just undefeated and they've beaten up on bad teams, right? Both of them had solid wins. Uh, of course, we know Clemson won in Alabama. Uh, South Carolina's beaten Virginia Tech. They've beaten Grand Canyon. Uh, we talked about, you know, getting a couple other nice wins in there, kind of d- dominant wins <laughs> in other cases. So the Gamecocks have looked good and the Tigers have looked good. This is a this is a really fun matchup. And like I said, we probably would have never expected this, but we've talked about just kind of that starting unit for South Carolina, um, you know, and then you've got Jacoby Wright and what he's doing. And so this is going to be a fun one. I think, Max, when you look at how these two teams play uh, offensively, um, you know, there, there should be some points here because these two teams are both shooting it at a very high rate. And what's interesting about that is they're both in the top 15 in three-point percentage. And they're also both in the top 45 nationally in getting, you know, the percentage of their points from the three-point line. So there's going to be some threes taken in this game. And the data will tell you there's going to be a lot of threes hit in this game. So this this could be kind of an entertaining basketball game here and two experienced teams and, uh, yeah, they're really using that to adva- their advantage so far. This is not only one of the better games of the SEC, this is one of the better games in the country tonight. Um, yeah. This is – there's going to be a lot of eyes on this one, um, and for good reason. There's star power on both sides. Um, you pretty much nailed the there, – here's another just beautiful Blake Lovell game analysis. <laughs> Doesn't miss. Doesn't miss. Um yeah, it's going to be a perimeter game. It's going to be exciting. Um, I'm really excited, really, like probably too excited for the P.J. Hall, B.J. Mack matchup. That is going to be fireworks. I think P.J. Hall has the athleticism defensively to kind of creep out to the perimeter a little bit and not give B.J. Mack those open threes. So I'm, I'm interested on to see how South Carolina deals with Clemson's athleticism defensively. So, yeah, I'm excited for this one. The first big, big test for Clemson here in the spotlight going to be a lot of eyes on this one. All right. So quickly, who are we picking, San Francisco or Vanderbilt? San Fran. Yeah, I think I've, I might have to do that. I just – I need to see Vanderbilt at full strength. But Banyan and Lawrence, it's tough. But uh, I'll be rooting for Vandy. I'll be pulling for him. We're both picking A&M against DePaul, right? Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pick Vandy. I think I just there's right. something about this matchup. I'm, I'm going to pick Vandy. I'm actually going to change my pick. I, I'm well, going with Commodores on this one. Um, and then we got Clemson, South Carolina. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Clemson just because I've seen them. Give me the Gamecocks. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, keep it going. No, this look. This is the biggest test for South Carolina so far. And yeah. Clemson is a what? What Clemson favored by? Is it five? Clemson's favored by eight points. Oh, is it eight now? Wow. Okay. I would take South Carolina plus the eight. That's just my opinion. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I thought we were just doing outright. Well, we are. We are. But okay. I'm just telling you, the, the, the safer pick, I think, is South Carolina plus eight. Because I, I just, I think this team's got a got a confidence to them right now. And I know this yeah. is the first true road game, but, and I know Clemson does too. They, they're, they're very confident given, you know, they went on the road and beat Alabama and 
won the game at Pitt and, and all that. Like this team is again two experienced teams, two, two teams with older players who are experienced. But I don't know, man. Something about this South Carolina team. Maybe it's just I'm just being the homer here in these picks. I'm just going all SEC tonight because we all SEC teams won on Tuesday. Let's keep the streak going. Let's just get three more wins tonight. So, well, one one thing I say that South Carolina does have going for them, if you look at it like. Because, you know, a lot of people are going to say South Carolina's first big test on the road. And, oh, my gosh, we've seen so many teams on the road drop those games here in the past week. Talon Cooper is is probably one of the best ball handlers you can have on the road yeah. in the conference. So I think they match up well. I think this is like athleticism versus athleticism, perimeter play versus perimeter play. Eight and a half is a steep spread. Um, but I'll take Clemson to win outright. But. I'll be pulling for the Gamecocks. Don't get me wrong. South Carolina won this game last year, game two of the season, 60 to 58 in Columbia. Um, so something to to keep in mind there on that one. All right, there you go. There are thoughts on SEC basketball, uh, both the Tuesday night games and heading into Wednesday night's games. As always, we'll have you covered here on the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Always helps us out. Uh, and also, as we've said before, be sure to find our podcast feed. If you want just the audio-only stuff, you can do that. Any podcast app you use, search for Southeastern 14, find us there. Um, and yeah, we will continue to bring you SEC football, basketball, baseball coverage here on the channel. So uh, we appreciate you guys watching as always. And we'll talk to you next time here on Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.